Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. And enter the U.S. presidential race as a third-party candidate. I think I would do okay. I'd have a lot of fun in the debates, I could tell you that, virtual or not. 10-0, Tampa Bay leading Chicago early in the second quarter of Monday Night Football. Baseball, Dodgers and Padres about to get underway. Dodgers are up two zip in the series. Astros finish off Oakland in game four with an 11-6 win. Braves sweep the Marlins with a 7-0 decision. And in the sixth, the Yankees are up 2-1 on the Rays. Yankees need to win to force a decisive fifth game. NHL free agency tomorrow. It opens up at 10 a.m. Mountain Time. Don't forget Bob Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2. Uh, if the Oilers do something mind-blowing, we'll, uh, we jump on a little earlier. But Bob's on from noon to 2. And, of course, I'll have inside sports from 6 to 8. Okay. 780-496-0063, the number to call or text. Uh, I want to read off some texts here. People are putting some thought into this, which is nice. So if somebody wants Bobby Ryan. The texture simply says Bobby Ryan has a few goals left in him. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure he does. Uh, and the same texture earlier said lots of Leafs fans are happy about the idea of seeing Barry go somewhere else. Would things be different in Edmonton? Interesting. That's a text to seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. That that's really an interesting comment, I think. And may, maybe that's the 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 plight of a of a player like Tyson Barry. When he's not on your team, you think we sure could use him. And then when he's on your team, you think like, ah, we could move on from him. <laughs> I mean, he is an offensive defenseman. As as I mentioned and somebody else wrote in, there, there was a drop-off last year with the Leafs. He still had 39 points in 70 games. Uh, only five goals after having 14 each of the previous two years with Colorado. I mean, Colorado in 18-19, 14 goals, 59 points. 17-18, 14 goals, 57 points. But if you still believe in plus-minus, he's he's a minus player. So he could he could actually make the Oilers' power play even better. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a crazy prediction. Somebody write this down, Rocket. I know you're listening. Write this down. If if the Oilers have Tyson Berry on their team, their power play will operate at 35 percent next season. There's my crazy prediction for the night. So, but that, but that's Tyson Berry. Um, you know, he's probably going to be a, a minus player, but he will help ex- to some extent five on five. But there might be some nights where you're like, oh my god, where is the defense? And that, and that's the, that's what it's like being an offensive defenseman, right? When you shine, you shine, and when you struggle in your own end and you lose a game two one, and that guy's minus two and doesn't get a point then he frustrates the fans, right? I I still think he's a pretty decent player, and the Oilers haven't had somebody who's that sort of a point producer on the back end for quite a while. 
Rocket says, Reed, I am confident that Ken Holland and the coaching staff have had very solid communication regarding Yessi Pugliarvi. This signing was obviously agreed upon by both parties, and Yessi clearly understands what last chance saloon means. Great opportunity to have a top six guy for cheap and a skilled one at that. Great job salvaging a pick from the past by Ken Holland. That is from Rocket. Yessi Pugliarvi, speaking earlier today on a Zoom media call, says the last year and a half he's learned a lot. Uh, I think... Uh, a lot because like full that's my like full year like be a big rule of team and like 60 games and try to be every night the best player in the best player of the ice so i i think that's like helps me a lot uh, uh be the better player now, Pugliari coming back to a team that he and his agent said, look, uh, we're not going to have this player on this team anymore. We're moving on. We don't want him to be with the Oilers. Well, he is coming back. So Pugliari was asked, but well, what about coming back uh, to some of these teammates who thought you weren't going to be back? I feel like it's going to be like new start. And uh, I feel like I grew up for the person and for the, like, the player. So it's... It's really exciting to be back there. Uh, I'm waiting. All right, a little bit there from uh, Pugliarvi. Former D-man Mark says, uh, Reed, obviously we should be targeting Petrangelo seven years, eight and a half million dollars, or Barry for one to two years at five to five and a half. Yeah, Mark, I know, uh, well, Petrangelo's a great player. I, I still just think he winds up in St. Louis, and I, I don't know, it, it doesn't sound like Edmonton is one of the teams he would want to come to. I guess we'll see. Mark goes on to say, goaltender, either pick someone up on the cheap to accompany Koskinen or make the splash and ship Koskinen out. By splash, I'd be taking Markstrom or Fleury. Yes, I do know Fleury is under contract, but the assets to acquire Fleury would be minimal considering what Las Vegas has tied up in goaltending. Resign Matt Benning if possible to fill out the six-seven defense slot. Now that he's been, well, he wasn't exactly waived, but he wasn't qualified. I assume they could sign him for as little as one point two if he'd agree to it. Athanasia would be a consideration for a year at one and a half to two. Lastly, pick up anyone who can fill a depth forward position on a value contract. I use Spezza as an example of value, i.e. Miku Koivu, if he can still keep up. Okay, well, we talked about Koivu earlier. Wherever Athanasiu goes, yeah, I can't see him getting more than $2 million a year. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with Benning. Um, I, I don't know if they're going to circle back to Benning. Obviously, Matt grew up here. Uh, he and his wife just had a child, I guess, shortly before they they went into Benning and the Oilers went into the bubble. Um, I mean, he has had to live in other parts of the world to um to pursue his hockey career so i don't know mark also texted in 35 percent lol mark come on it's like it's like the start of the off season you gotta make me let outrage the, the order's power play was 29 and a half percent if they added tyson barry to the power play how high could they go certainly i think they could be in the low 30s i i really do i mean they were almost there already Maybe if they would get to a would have got to eighty two games, maybe they would have been there. So I I, I don't know. I mean the I, I look I, I realize in this city in this market with this fans like sometimes I feel like you, you can never be negative enough about the team given all the struggles that they've had. 
and, and I get that, and they should be criticized for the past, but this year's this past year's team, like I said, was a good team. They were not a great team, but they were a good team. But one of the things that was great was the power play. And it should be great again. And it should be great for a long time because they got a lot of talent on it. And Barry on the power play would be an upgrade um, from from Oscar Clefbaum. And that's not a knock on Clefbaum. I just think Barry would be better. And maybe the chase on Neil role is going to be occupied by somebody else who might even be a better finisher than those two guys are at this point in their career. So that's what, that's why I'm saying that Mark it's, it's okay. <laughs> James says, if, if we get Barry six thirty, Chad would have to put a stuff, a muzzle on Stoffer. LOL. Yeah. Good luck trying that James. Uh, <laughs> Uh, what would a, a Hoffman or Bobby Ryan cost to sign? And would it be a one to two year show me contract? Yeah, I think it would at this point. I, I, I don't think you'd be signing either of those two guys um, long-term Hoffman made 5 million this past season. He's 30. <sighs> yeah. I mean, I, the Oilers couldn't give him five. Could they, here's the thing. Could you get, could you get Hoffman for, let's just say the the $3 million you were paying Athanasiu or the the 3.3 or whatever you would have had to pay him if you qualified him, could you spend that on somebody like Hoffman and then somebody else to, to round out either the defense or, or the fourth line? Just some, just thinking aloud there. JP is called in. My goodness, JP, what an absolute honor to hear from you. What's going on? Well, it's an honor to be on your radio. I just wanted to call in tonight, Rick, and... A uh, long time no chat and say hello, but, uh, and also thank you for a great show all the time. You're entertaining me on the road right now and keeping me eyes on the road. Uh, I love it. Thank you very much. And I just want to say I can't wait for tomorrow. The weather will get uh, Taylor Hall, Fisher Angelo, Barry, uh, Barry Ryan, uh, Bobby Ryan. Uh, who else is free? All the, uh, all the insiders and the uh, interviewers. Hadobin. How about Hadobin and Markstrom if you're getting all those other guys? He's gone. <laughs> okay. Well, JP's very optimistic. I don't know if they're going to get Hall, Petrangelo, and Bobby Ryan and the other person that he said, but JP's always entertaining. Okay. 780-496-0063. I love it. Uh, yeah, we'll keep chatting about this. A little more from Pooley Arvey. Uh, still 10 nothing for Tampa Bay leading Chicago Thursday night football. Back after the break. Here's uh, something interesting. Ryan Murray, defenseman, has been traded from Columbus to New Jersey for a fifth-round pick in 2021. Ryan Murray, the second overall pick behind Nail Yakupov in 2012. Uh, a couple years left on his contract for Columbus last season, played nine playoff games, had a goal, 27 regular season games. He had nine points. He has had injury issues most of his career, but yeah, second overall pick moved to the New Jersey Devils for a fifth-rounder. Victor says, hey, Reed, uh, Oilers get Petrangelo if they can make it work and convince him to come here. If not, I would take Krug over Barry, trade Koskinen and retain some salary if needed to bring in Markstrom. 
Koivu or Big Joe Thornton for a third line center? Victor, I'm glad you brought up Joe Thornton. I'm going to be watching where where he winds up. Uh, 41, I believe now. Clearly would have to go somewhere in a depth role. He would be kind of a fascinating player to watch uh, uh, in a depth role on, on a team like the Oilers with some big guns ahead of him. Uh, Koskinen, remember, you're, I think Victor's right. If you traded Koskinen, you'd probably have to retain some salary. He does have a no-move clause. Uh, it is 15 teams that he could... Uh, which is it? Yeah, he would submit a 15-team no-trade list. So that means there'd be 15 other teams that he'd be willing to go to. I, I look. I, I think again. I think Koskinen is is would is a really good backup goaltender to have. I've I've used playing about 30 to 35 games as a good benchmark for him. And but I think the Oilers need somebody that can play the other 50. John is on the line. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Go ahead, John. Hey, big fan of yours. Just wanted to ask, what's your opinion on Markstrom coming to Edmonton? Is it doable? I would love to see him in an Oilers uniform. Yeah, well, here's the thing. It's doable, but like I've been saying, the only issue is then then do you have any money left to sign some defenseman insurance if Clef bombs out? Can you round out the forwards as, as completely as you would like? I, I think if you say, I mean, what's Markstrom going to want? At least six as a starting point? Oh, John's gone. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I would love to see him here. I, I mean, I think he would, I think he would help the team. And I know you look at his save percentage and you say, well, it was barely above Koskinen's, but I, I just think he's a better goaltender than Koskinen and could carry the weight of being the number one guy. The problem is if you sign him for say $6 million, you only got what about 3 million left to, to go get other guys. And then you're looking for, those those discount deals so that's that's why again uh, i bring up barrymore because i think the number is manageable when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply and it leaves you room to go get other players. Uh, Scott from Sherwood Park. How do the Oilers deal with the goalie situation? Who could come tomorrow? Is Smith probably gone? Yeah, I would say Mike Smith is gone. And, and Scott, I don't know if this is going to happen tomorrow. Free agent frenzy? I don't know if it's going to be a frenzy. It could be slow tomorrow. The, the signings could kind of be trickling in throughout the week. Uh, what do we do on defense? Who could we grab tomorrow that helps our cap? Yeah, again, Scott, that's why I'm talking about Barry because I think he fits and, and there could be a huge return on the money that you sign him for. And uh, Scott also says, hope you're wearing your pierogi shirt. I am actually not wearing a pierogi shirt. I'm wearing a T-shirt that I've had since 2007, so I only wear it around the house. It's quite ratty, not tie ratty. Uh, I got it when uh, my buddy and I did our baseball park tour in 2007, and it says, friends don't let friends live in New Jersey. And it has a little drawing of the shape of New Jersey. Tremendous. <laughs> this texture says, make a deal that involves Freddie Anderson. He, he's used to playing with no defense in front of him and is surely a step or two above Koskinen. Um, 
Well, I, you know, I'll, I'll take Holland at face value because most of the stuff he said going into the draft, he, he, he adhered to the stuff that he would reveal. And he said that it's probably going to be through free agency that they grab a goaltender, not a trade. So I'll, I'll take him at face value for that. A little bit more from Yessi Pugliarvi, and you can get a more complete story on 630Ched.com or globalnews.ca. Pugliarvi says he's, he's ready to earn a spot on the team. He knows nothing's going to be handed to him. When I go there, for sure I have to prove how, how good I am. And then if I'm third line, for sure I can be uh, to give what uh, I can. So uh, work hard, do that kind of stuff. And then just get the good good minutes and play better and improve how, how, who I can be. And Billy Harvey was also asked what he needs to do better. I want to be like stronger and like, I think I'm like improved to not just the offense. I can do like PK and I can defense too. And I can be the uh, big guy. And I feel like I have be like more confidence. And that way I'm like good player, but uh, I want to be there. All right, so that's a little bit from Jesse Pugliarvi. Interesting in there, he mentioned hoping to help on the PK. I mean, you expect him to say he knows he has to work on his defensive game and his checking, but also talking about perhaps being a penalty killer with the Oilers. Well, you gotta you got to find a way to contribute. you got to find a way to have a dimension and help out. So I really hope Pugliarvi brings that attitude to camp for sure. Update from the NFL, field goal for the Bucks. 13 nothing. Tampa Bay leading Chicago halfway through the second quarter. We'll touch base with uh, Mark Kennedy, Caden Gooley, Montreal Canadiens draft pick, kid from Sherwood Park coming up. Doug texting in. He says Markstrom is intriguing. Ten-plus million dollars being paid to goaltenders isn't. Yeah, that's a good point by Doug. Of course, COVID affecting everything. The world of sports has been greatly altered. and That includes the wonderful sport of curling. And I'm pleased to welcome Mark Kennedy back to the show. Mark, great to catch up, man. How are you doing? Hey, Reed. I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for fitting me in. I know it's a busy time for you. Look, I've read about some stuff, but I'm hoping I can get this in your own words about what happened in Kitchener-Waterloo on the weekend. Uh, yeah, of course. We were uh, we were playing in our first event of the season there, and uh, we showed up on Sunday for the playoffs. And there was a little bit of uh, discussion in the parking lot, so we knew something was up. Um, and it came to our attention that one of the curlers on Glenn Howard's team had received a notification on his COVID app that he'd come in contact with somebody that was positive. Um, you know, we didn't really know who it was or anything like that. Um, so. You know, it was an interesting few moments because our thought is, well, okay, then then the Howard team doesn't play and the rest of us will get out on the ice and curl. Um, you know, but the more you think about it and just the risks of uh, trying to stop the spread and, you know, is it worth going out there to play a couple of curling games if we don't know if this athlete's positive and how much the rest of us have been exposed? And um, so we kind of made a group decision there to, to not play. Um, 
you know, we weren't playing for a lot of money or anything like that. It was just kind of the first event of the year to get our feet wet. So I think that helped make the decision a little bit easier. Uh, so, yeah, we decided not to play. There was also some women's teams on the ice at the time. Uh, and I think some of them expressed a little bit of concern about the men coming back on the ice after this uh, notification. So we just thought it was in the best interest of everybody to to not play and um, just keep safe and try to stop the spread within the curling community as much as we could. So how how do you feel now about future events? And I guess, Mark, i got to kind of reference the season as a whole because you and I have talked before about how yeah. some of the bigger events have been pushed till you know after Christmas, but you still are hoping to get you know, the briars and all the big money stuff in. Like, what what are you thinking about all that now? Well, you know, we'll see. Um, It's a tough question. I I still think there'll be some events going on this season. I think think with the right precautions, I mean, this was our first event wearing masks and trying to social distance on the ice. So there was a lot of learning for us for the first couple days. But, um, you know, by the end, it was a pretty smooth running machine. And I think you can make it, work um and even for this event it was it was running really smooth and everything went really well um and and that athletes test came back negative so none of us have been exposed so i think even in that standpoint it's a success um so i think they can make it work i I just think at the time and in that situation it was the right decision to not play um but we've had lots of discussions with other provinces and other uh, you know, my, my old teammate Ben Hebert's got an event coming up here in Airdrie this weekend, uh, and he's kind of helped running it. So he just wanted to know what happened and what they should be doing. And um, I think they can do it safely. I, I just, it's it's just, it's really interesting waters to navigate, Reed, because, you know, you, you kind of feel invincible, right? And then something like this happens, and you, you got to think twice about um, about safety as opposed to that that competitive fire where you just want to get on the ice and compete, right? What's it been like for you here in Edmonton and area, whether you're practicing or playing? Uh, so I practiced a few times, um, and, and that was my first competition was in Kitchener. So um, it's a little tough to be kind of sitting around waiting is what it feels like. Um, it's been a long off season. I mean, we were off the ice for six and a half months. So it's just a patient waiting game, and... You know, but but always remembering that the health and safety of the athletes and and my own family as well is top priority right now, and just uh, not getting sick and tired, and just trying to stay ready for when we can play, whenever that is. I think we're all getting a little sick and tired of it, but uh, we have to hang in there and be as patient as we can. And what are some of the rule changes or modifications, I suppose, like in terms of curling, how close the curlers can be to each other, who can stand where? Yeah, well, here's the interesting thing. It it changes depending where you go. So, you know, if you're playing a league game here in Edmonton, um, there are some social distancing requirements. Um, They've made some sweeping changes. Um, So you can only have one sweeper now instead of two. Um, The opposing team is not allowed to sweep behind the T-line. So you, you really do have to give the house to the opposition until their rock comes to a complete stop. So... The, the most difficult thing is just trying to maintain that distance from opposing teammates. Uh, but coming up here in Edmonton or in uh, in Airdrie, they are going to play an event where there's no masks on the ice. So it, it just depends where you are in the country right now. The protocols are a little bit different. You know, having been 
you know, this was the first time I was on a plane in six months. And, and being in Ontario, it just felt a little bit different in Ontario. It felt a little bit more like there was going to be some severe restrictions coming down. Um, there was a little bit more, everyone was a little more nervous and anxious about what was coming down the pipeline, um, as opposed to here where it just feels a little bit more relaxed at the moment. Okay. Well, Mark, thanks for updating us. It, it is an ongoing story, and we appreciate that you've kind of been our point man on this. So hopefully, uh, you know, the next one you go to gets finished and it goes well for everybody in Airdrie on the weekend. Really appreciate it, man. We'll talk soon, okay? Sounds good, Reed. Thanks for your time, man. All the best. That is Mark Kennedy checking in, one of the all-time greats, uh, now on the Brad Jacobs rink. So telling you uh, they, they decided to shut her down on the weekend in Kitchener-Waterloo, but hopefully future bond spiels and big events uh, are able to be completed. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on that story for sure. It is 7.39. We're going to call a quick timeout. When we get back, young man who was just drafted into the NHL on Tuesday, he's hanging out in Sherwood Park, defenseman for the Prince Albert Raiders. Pick- With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. By the Canadian 16th overall, Caden Gooley, when we return. Mike Smith, uh, unrestricted free agent as of 10 a.m. Mountain Time tomorrow. Just some other notes here. Justin Williams has retired after 19 seasons in the NHL, 39 years of age. Mr. Game 7, 8-1 and one in seventh games, three Stanley Cups, 2014 Conn Smythe winner. Eric Goodbranson traded to Ottawa by Anaheim. Anaheim gets a fifth rounder, and it happened during the show here. Ryan Murray goes from Columbus to New Jersey for a fifth rounder, and the Canadians signed Josh Anderson, I got a buddy who uh, cheers for the Habs. He does not like this deal. Seven years at 5.5 per season. Speaking of the Montreal Canadiens, this young man was drafted by the team in the first round on Tuesday. He's in Sherwood Park. It is defenseman Caden Gooley. Caden, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thanks for coming on the show tonight. I know you've probably done a lot of interviews over the last few days, uh, being drafted by, uh, well, the, maybe the team with the largest media and fan following in the National Hockey League. What's it like becoming a Montreal Canadian? Yeah, it's awesome uh, being a part of such a such a storied franchise, and um, so many unbelievable players have gone through through uh, Montreal and um, a lot of Stanley Cups. Um, it's it's an honor to be a part of such a, such a great organization. Yeah. Did you have any sense that they were really interested in you? I mean, obviously you were projected as a first-round pick, so I'm sure a lot of teams talked to you, but any pre-draft uh, feeling you got from the Habs? Um, yeah, I think uh, I talked to them uh, a few times leading up, and um, it wasn't even like really an interview. It felt more like a conversation, and um, every time I was done talking to them, I had a good feeling about it. So um, when, when they were up, I... I was kind of, uh, I was kind of hoping, and I kind of had a good feeling about it. So, um, you know, I, I was, I was really happy when when they picked me, and um, yeah, it was, it all worked out. So, very different draft with everything being done using computers and Zoom calls and things like that. Tell us where you were, who you were with when you got picked. 
Yeah, I was uh, I was with my family. Um, a lot of my my family and close friends came. Um, I uh, you know in a way it worked out not being at, at the draft because um, a lot of those people wouldn't be able to come. So um, yeah, in a way it all worked out for for them all to be there and. Um, they've all supported me throughout my hockey career, so um, it, it was really good to have them there. My family, my grandparents, my mom, my dad, my grandparents, um, a couple of my buddies, um, family, friends. So it, it was really good to have them all there. Um, I was happy I got to spend that day with them. No, you're from Sherwood Park. I, I don't know if you grew up an Oilers fan, but you, you were there available to the Oilers at number 14. What was uh, your thought process when the Oilers were on the clock? Yeah, I was a, I was a big Oilers fan growing up. Um, I lived in Grand Prairie for until I was about 10 years old, so they were still my my team um, when I was when I was in Grand Prairie, just being around there. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, you, you kind of think about it, and it would have been really neat to, to end up going to Edmonton, um, just being from from Short Park and around the area. Um, but I also wasn't really expecting it. I mean, they they picked two really good defensemen in the past past two years, um, so I, I thought they would go with a forward and. Um, but yeah, it, it all worked out. I'm very happy where, where I ended up. So, Your older brother, Brendan, was drafted 51st overall in 2015. Did, did you guys have any chats? Did he have any advice about going through the draft process? Yeah, he, he couldn't make it. He's, uh, he's gone now, but um, he, uh, he was texting me, and um, he just asked me how I was doing and told him I was sweating buckets and um, told me to just stay calm and... Um, everything will work out no matter what team you go to. So um, he was really good for me. I was texting him the whole time. and I was on a Zoom call with him too, actually, um, him and my agent. So um, I was talking to them a little bit too. But um, no, they were they were both really good. Uh, he was he was really good to to me, and uh, he was he was really good to uh, to kind of get to kind of experience that with him. Caden Gooley joining us on Inside Sports, 16th overall to the Montreal Canadiens. Some. Players don't like when I ask this question, Caden, because I know hockey players are modest and they don't like mm -hmm. to talk about themselves, but I got to do it. How would you describe yourself as a player? What would your scouting report of yourself be? Yeah, I would say I'm a very, uh, very good skating uh, two-way defenseman. Um, like to uh, to use my, my body to my advantage. Um, like to be physical on the ice. Um, definitely like to make it tough on the other team. Um, Good first pass, jump up in the rush. Um, you know, um, very good skating. Definitely, uh, definitely uh, like to make it tough on the other team. So um, probably just that. Yeah. What about this this summer? Uh, I mean, look, it was so weird with the season being cut short and and the waiting, and then you guys find out you're not coming back, and and now you kind of still don't know when you're coming back. They're hoping for for December, obviously. What have you been able to do to to stay sharp? Clearly different circumstances for for hockey players to go through the offseason and to try to stay sharp yeah I've, I've just been on the ice a lot um this past month i was on the ice almost twice a day and i've uh, been working out a lot um but yeah i think just kind of it's kind of just like the same, same like a extended summer really um no school so i'm um, just kind of get up work out and skate eat skate and come home it's pretty uh pretty repetitive but um, you know, it's got what you got to do, and I love doing it. So, um, just been doing that and trying to trying to make the time pass until we we all go back and start playing some games again.
Yeah. Well, I think during the, the pandemic and things being different, Caden, a lot of people have been working on the eating part. I don't know as much on the working mm. out part. So good for you. Yeah. <laughs> you're, yeah. you're sticking with that for sure. Yeah. Hey, uh, you got to play, uh, you know, you're with the Prince Albert Raiders. First of all, you know, that's one of the the, the smaller markets now in the Western Hockey League. But uh, uh, tell me about the, the, the passion for the Raiders in PA and what it what it was like being in that community. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Um, I think for a while that the team wasn't doing the best, and um, I think the passion for the Raiders kind of went away for, for a few years. And um, when I was 16 and we, we had a really good team, we won the championship that year, I think we brought the passion back to PA and the love for hockey. And those fans are unbelievable. They're, uh, they're crazy. I, I've never uh, experienced something like that. Um, you know, WHL Championship Game Seven. Um, that was that was the craziest building I've ever been in, and um, you know those fans are, are great, and they they make us play, and um, when we love when they come and support us. So um, those fans are definitely uh, definitely crazy, and and uh, it's really awesome to get to play in front of them um, every night. Well, was it not Game Seven overtime for the WHL Championship? What a yeah, what a situation yeah. to be in. Yeah, that was uh, that was crazy. I think. Uh, everyone on that team could say that we were all uh, we were all scared, and no one wanted to make a mistake and be that guy to turn the puck over and ends up in the back of their net and their season's done. But um, everyone was freaking out on the bench. I know that, and um, but it was it was unbelievable. I think um, that, that that group of guys we we knew we were going to win. We were confident in our group, and um, you know it can't write up a better story winning game seven in overtime at home so um that was definitely uh one of the best days of my life and experience i'll remember forever Caden, uh let's look back a little bit and it wasn't that long ago but you know you, you were uh, oha edmonton prep uh, i think sherwood park bantam u15 AAA. correct me if i'm wrong there but uh just tell me a little bit about your development here especially with the edmonton area people know the programs and the rivalries between some of the minor hockey programs and athletic clubs uh what was it like developing uh, as a teen here in edmonton and maybe some people that really influenced you along the way yeah um they it was it was really good going through short park um i played in short park until my second year bantam so i, I was here in my first year short park uh, in bantam um or sorry, my first year Bantam was in Sherwood Park, but yeah, no, that we had a really good team in Bantam there too. Um, we uh, we lost in uh, in the finals, but um, you know, we had a good team and a lot of good players on that team, and um, coaches were great. Um, yeah, I had I had a lot of really good coaches um, in Sherwood Park. Dave Minock, he uh, he was there on draft night. Um, he he coached me throughout. Uh, throw Bantam and uh, or not Bantam sorry Peewee and Adam um, so he he kind of taught me not even just about hockey but about life too and um, he, he's been really good for me um, I always remember him as, as one of my favorite coaches and um, then I had Sean Bissell um, he was my coach at OHA and Bantam he uh, he was unbelievable for me too not even just for hockey but life and um, what it's like at the next level and he prepared me for that and um, so those two guys are who I remember um, just playing minor hockey for coaches. They uh, they were definitely a big part in, in my in my development and my success. So I can't thank them enough. Well, and you mentioned there you're preparing to be a player and you're preparing for life. And I, and I want I want to ask you about the mental side of the game, Caden, because this is something I, I talk about a lot with guests and 
I think sometimes can maybe separate uh, athletes as, as they progress. Is there something you've had to work on between the years, whether it's just confidence or, or dealing with mistakes or, or dealing with, with pressure? Because sometimes that, you know, that calmness or that maturity really helps guys as they go through their careers. Yeah, I think uh, a big thing is um, for me especially was um, being too humble. Um, I was all, growing up, and with my parents, they always told me to just be a humble kid and never, uh, never put yourself above anybody. And um, I think sometimes maybe I, I took that too much or too seriously, I guess, and um, was too humble. And you know, when you need to have some confidence to be a good player, and um, so I, I would kind of put myself down, I guess, um, at times. So that's something I worked on. I think it's getting better now, but. Um, just not being, just having that self-confidence in yourself that um, you're a good player and um, you know you you can you can do lots of things and um, so I think that's a big thing for me too is um, you know you you got to be humble to to be a hockey player and a lot of players are and um, you just have to know that that you're a good player and you just have that confidence in yourself to do lots of things. Yeah, good stuff. That's important for sure. Tell me, uh, last question. Have some fun here. Tell me one thing. Uh, away from the rink that you're interested in or or you like to do what you got a hobby or an interest that really uh keeps your mind going um i've golfed a lot this summer um i this was like the, i think i could speak for a lot of people just because all this COVID stuff and um everybody was just kind of locked at home and golf courses one of the worst or one of the first things to open so um i went for for a birthday party and um i just kind of started to to fall in love with it i guess and um i golfed a lot this summer every time i wasn't skating or working out i tried to hop on the course and with with my buddies and um played probably close to around 80 rounds this year so um i was out there a lot and getting fresh air i didn't really play much playstation i think i got i got sick of that um the first two three weeks of quarantine so um that was out of my system quick but um you know i was i was golfing a lot this summer i like doing that a lot it's a lot of fun so Right on. Good for you. Well, Caden, thanks for joining us here on 630 Chet. I'm sure we'll stay in touch. Obviously, we'll be following your career. Congratulations on being picked by the Canadians. All the best. Awesome. Thank you very much. Caden Gooley checking in from Sherwood Park, drafted by the Montreal Canadiens on Tuesday. Quickly, Yankees lead the Rays 4-1 in the eighth. Braves shut out the Marlins 7-0. Astros beat the Athletics 11-6. Padres lead the Dodgers 2-1 in the second. At the half, the Bears now up 14-13 on the Bucks. Free agency tomorrow. Bob Stoffer as Oilers now noon to 2. I'll talk to you at 6. Take care. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.